Hello, my name is Jake Kerr. I'm from Black Ink, and this is podcast number seven. I actually can't believe that I'm doing number seven. Not because I didn't think I would make it this far, but mainly because this is the third time I'm recording podcast number seven, because even though I put so much emphasis into the fact you just have to fucking post whatever you've done, I just wasn't happy with the first two. And I literally like recorded one and then recorded it again the next day. And then obviously that was Friday and I've slept on it all over the weekend. It just didn't sit right. So here I fucking am doing it again, you know? And the great part is I'll probably just look at them later on and be like, oh, they're fine and re-release them as something else. So here we are, podcast number seven. I want to thank you for tuning in. If you've listened to the other ones, great. If you haven't, even better. Gives you something to do after this. Go back and listen to them. Today, even though today isn't the day I'll be posting this, but today... The podcast is available on all streaming services. It's available on Spotify, iTunes, and four others that I've never heard of before. It's good to go. It's for you. It's for free. Go enjoy it. If you like it, tell your friends about it. Tell your mum about it. Share it on Facebook. Give me a like and subscribe. Drop a comment on the video. Whatever you do, man, just do it. Just fucking do it and do it for me because I'm working hard, brother. That's what it's about. Look, today I want to talk about something that I've been thinking about all weekend. And this is just a concept, right? And I'm probably going to get some people that disagree with me, mainly the people that I'm talking about. But you know what I realized about like modern society at the moment? And I touched on this in a previous podcast, but I'm going to just refresh your memory, is that people have a really weird relationship with money these days. So what they, what they seem to be doing is getting in as much debt as they possibly can, as soon as they can, to impress the people around them that are also in debt. And like, I have nothing against that. I've been there myself. I've had the fast cars and I've had the bloody, the motorbikes and the house and all the rest. And somehow I've got to 28 years old and have no debt and running a business somehow. I have no idea. Now, the real crazy part about this is, it's not the fact that people get debt. It's the people who get people in debt, right? And I want to bring up this particular uh, topic, right? So it's merchants of death. Now, when you hear the words merchants of death, merchants of death, it kind of makes you go along the line of like, you know, people who maybe tobacco companies or maybe companies that sell alcohol or, you know, just maybe people who sell drugs or people who, who um, like move firearms around or even you can even say, you know, people who are involved in like child slavery and stuff like real merchants of death, evilness. You want to talk about merchants of death? I saw someone advertising on Instagram the other day. Like I probably shouldn't say the name. I'm not going to say the name. But they're like a, just a bloke like me in business, in small business, who it's their job to help people get the finance for their first home. And I thought, that's interesting. That's interesting because obviously my job with Black Ink is to make products and sell them. That's my job. So when I looked at what this person does and I looked at what I do and I thought about the whole process of having a business within having a business you have a particular task and your job is to get really good at that task to a point that it generates, you know, hopefully a good amount of income. And, you know, if uh, I, I don't know about other business owners, but I'm trying to be successful. I'm trying to get my the income that I can bring in and to have multiple zeros on the end of it. That's what it's all about. And in getting better at that task, you have to find out what the elements are and you have to perfect all of those elements. Now, when I think about what his task is, it's not actually finding the money, right? If you want to get money, like literally, if you want to get money for anything, it's not that hard. You just have to figure out the problem, right? You have to figure out what the money is for, who has the money, and how to best convince them to give you the money to do the thing that you want to do, right? So this middleman, this middleman that has made a business for himself out of 
you know, saying, hey, if you've, if, if you've got a job that pays X amount a week or you and your partner have a certain amount of savings and you bring in a certain income a year, I can help you get into your first house and it will be cheaper than renting. You never have any inspections. You can put nails in the wall if you want, rah, 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 rah. And they list all the fucking obvious things that come with owning a house, you know? And then what I realized is their job is less to do with finding the money as it is to do with finding the clients, finding the customers, right? And when I thought about the type of customers that they're finding, it's this new homeowners, this first homeowners like group of people, right? These people that let's say, you know, they've moved out of home, they've got themselves a rental, they've got an all right job, and they're making all right money, maybe they've got some savings, and now they're looking to get their first house. Now, I'm going to go with an assumption, right? A broad assumption that someone who's looking to get into their first house maybe does a little bit of fucking research before they start, right? They do a little bit of research. Some things you might want to find out are like, you know, what sort of home do I want? What sort of property do I want? Uh, What sort of loan do I want? How much money can I afford to spend? What area am I going to go to? Does it have much potential for the future? All questions that I feel like are pretty pretty standard when it comes to property and owning it, you know, and especially if it's your first property, I feel like this is almost like a defining factor in your, in your, this is a defining moment in your life when you make the step to get yourself in hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. So when I consider what this person's job is, and look, I make fucking t-shirts for a living. I'm probably totally way off, but let's pretend I'm right. This person is saying, I can organize the financial side for you. I can probably even help you find, you know, the, the real estate agent or the person who, who does that part of the job. You know, I can help you find the house, but you come to me and I'll do the rest. I'll figure out a way that we can get your income, your savings, your equity, whatever you've got and make it look as positive to whichever financial institution to get you the money that you need. But then I thought about all these other factors like, how many friends I have that had got themselves into debt in a point where they were making money and then they got into a point in their life where they weren't making that same amount of money and that debt is now, I'm not going to say a problem, but it's definitely, it's a concern compared to what it used to be. You know, like oh, I was up north earning a hundred or two hundred and something thousand dollars and now I'm in town earning 80 and it's like, sure, I can still afford my, my home repayment, but what a bloody change it is in lifestyle when I can't afford to go out on a Thursday night and have some dinner with the missus and rah, rah, and then Let's take into account that, you know, I know it's a rough, rough number pulled from, you know, everyone's anecdotal evidence, but 50% of marriages last. So let's even cut out the idea of marriage and just say relationships. Now, out of all the people that I know, which is a, a sizable number considering I live in a small town and know probably every third person I go past in one way or another, I know maybe four or five really fucking awesome relationships, like honestly, Ones where people have known each other since high school, they got married, they had a kid, now they're in their home of their own. The rest of them, it's fucking 10 minute wonders. You know what I mean? Everyone falls in love for the honeymoon stage. It's really cool. They last another two years and then they get to a point where they just get sick of having sex with each other and they move on. I'm not saying it's everyone. I'm just saying it's pretty general. You know what I mean? You, you can understand if your friend got into that situation and then two years later was like, man, fuck that bitch. I can understand that because... We live in a time with so much information share and the way technology is kind of geared. Man, it's not even about whether you've got a good relationship or not. You are constantly bombarded with other options as soon as you go onto any social media, even if they're not dating apps. So I take these few factors into account that, you know, money seems to be changing all the time, right? And I mean this tying back to the idea of, you know, getting a loan when you're making a certain amount of money and then getting into a position where you're not making as much money or 
whatever it might be. The whole idea is earning money and money itself is constantly changing. I mean, before I even take into account any sort of inflation that we're, we're about to incur on a global scale, before I take into, into account what cryptocurrencies are going to do for the world, before I take into account what property prices might do, before I take into account the cost of living doing whatever it's going to do in the next five to 10 years in Australia, money changes, right? And then this motherfucker who helps people get loans goes and I'm not going to say praise on because that makes it a bit too aggressive. But you know what they do? They go and look for people who are in that category of first home home first home ownership who are going to be in the age group of 19 to 25 maybe. Now as a 28-year-old, I just scrape over the top of being able to say shit about people in their early 20s because I'm just far enough away from it that I can have some sort of retrospective view of what's going on. But people in that age group don't make the best decisions. It's like that simple. It's that simple. They don't make the best decisions. And now you're making them make a decision that's for hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? You're taking people that have been together literally for 10 minutes in the grand scheme of their life and, you know, things in general. Maybe they've been together for 18 months and they have some bullshit idea that they want to own a home and do all the rest, rah, rah, rah. And then you're going to give them the finance to do it. And not only that, you're going to make them feel good about it. You're going to make them feel good about it because you're going to feel good from that fucking commission that you get. And look, I get it. We're all in business. We're all doing the damn thing. And if you weren't there, they would have found the money somehow somehow else. But it's so weird to go on these Instagram and Facebook pages and see someone celebrating other people's success when we take into account what's going on in society on an average fucking on an average scale as in what everyone seems to end up doing. And it's like you're taking two people that without your involvement, we're just going to continue renting or they're going to fuck around for another few years, maybe save some money and then go into it. Instead, you're going to find them in the in a kind of vulnerable stage almost and push this idea of like, oh, if you get if you buy a house now, you sure you're not going to ever, you know, you're not going to own this house for 30 years. But what you're going to do is you're going to build equity in this house. Then you're going to go to your next house. You're going to build equity in that, go to your next house until you're living in a 500, $600,000, $700,000 house and you own the thing. But the problem is, is you're talking to kids. You're talking to kids. And I'm not necessarily necessarily saying that what they're doing is bad. What I'm saying is you're setting people up for some sort of failure in the future, whether it's financially, whether it's their relationship, whether it's even just the house that you're putting them in. You're taking people and saying, yeah, you're earning a thousand bucks a week now. What 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 makes you think you're not going to be earning a thousand bucks a week in the future? I don't know, fucking anything? Anything? I could break my leg? I could anything? You know what I mean? And then team that up with the fact that like, man, man, I probably already pissed off enough people. I shouldn't keep going. And look, I'm not saying this is what everyone does. I'm not saying that people buy a house and they fuck up. I'm saying that if you just look at the way the world is going on average, look at the way Australians are acting, look at the way your average friend is doing, and they've got a job that pays 50, 60, $70,000 a year, and they go and get a home loan for 400,000. You know, because them and their partner can pull it, pull together enough money to get themselves in a situation where they can afford X amount of dollars per week to make mortgage repayments. But you have to fucking, you have to think at some point, like, at what point does a 30-year agreement, a 30-year contract with a financial institution like a bank is worth being able to put a nail in the wall? Think about that. Think about you get disrupted like once every however many weeks so that people can come through and do a rental inspection if you're in a rental and think about how much it's worth to you to not have that happen. 
And then also think about, this is a great one. You know what I like about rentals is when you move in on the first day and then you realize the bloke next door fucking sells sticks or something out of his house and he has people rocking up every 10 minutes and you're like, fuck, we got this for the next six months. Imagine having that for the next 30 years. What's that? What's that? The crazy part about being in a rental is that it's got a fucking end date. And that end date, while it might be six months away, if it's really bad, you can get the fuck out of there in a week's time if you wanted to. It'll cost you some money, but it won't cost you $400,000. It won't cost you $400,000. You know, oh, so you can put a nail on the wall. That's sick. I'll put a nail on the wall of a rental fucking anyway. And even if it costs me some money, it's still cheaper than $400,000. You know? Bizarre thought, isn't it? But, you know, to each their own. And if you want to get some debt, get some debt. You know, I live in a caravan. What do I know? I tell you what, I've had some, uh, obviously I made an Instagram page for the podcast. Uh, if you're following it, thank you. If you're not following it, it's BX Podcast on Instagram. So just at BX Podcast. I've got about 50 followers. So if you can jump on there, give me a follow. I post podcast clips every day just to keep you, uh, keep you up to date, keep you fresh. I'll let you know when the new one's dropping. And look, it's just a place so that I don't bombard the main black ink with just podcast bullshit all the time because the fact is like I'm doing these bitches all the time and I don't want to make it to a point where it's like I don't want to follow Jake on blacking because there's just there's too much going on with just a podcast and in all honesty sorry the real reason I like the podcast is because it gives me a chance just to get all these ideas and things that are going on just kind of out in the open and just kind of talking about it because unfortunately I kind of have like if you look at my schedule that I post on um, on my pod uh, on my sorry on my Instagram page, I don't really have many opportunities to talk about the things that are going on. And it seems to be the busier I get, the more cool shit there is to talk about. I'm trying to keep everyone up to date with the new stuff that's coming out. Obviously, when the podcasts are coming out, um, and like as I'm oh no, I mentioned those in the ones yeah. So I've got I got a uh, some pretty cool things happening as far as like obviously this here is the um, the black ink bloody motorcycle jersey. It's a nice lightweight jersey, perfect for summer. This has got SPF 50 proof, so you don't get sunburnt in it. It's just like it's got the ribbon uh, wrist, so it doesn't bloody slide up as you're riding. Like you can pull it up and it stays there, but at the same time, if you're just riding, it's not going to blow up like other jackets do. If you're a motorcycle rider, you know what I'm talking about. But I've also got the fucking hockey jersey that I just got remade as well. They're fucking just about ready to release. I've got the new Break the Law tee, which is a cool uh, black t-shirt. It's got a nice, simple black ink on the front and then Pitbulls on the back with Break the Law, Follow the Rules. Just got, got so much going on and actually so little time without being without saturating the brand to, to say it on Facebook and Instagram. So the podcast is just a fun way to kind of get all of that out and obviously to advertise a podcast the most efficiently. I just wanted to make a nice... Instagram page of its own where that can be just that and if you want to keep up with just that you can go there So check it out and also Hopefully you're listening to this on the iTunes on the iTunes podcast app or you're listening to it on uh, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast if you are listening to it on any of those apps do me a favor jump on YouTube Even if you haven't got an account motherfucker create an account and subscribe to me because I've got a goal I got to get one new subscriber every day. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job, right? I'm not doing my job, right? So be part of my journey, jump on there, subscribe, like all of my videos, comment on all of them, send them to your mate, share them on Facebook. I know I'm asking too much, but just do it, all right? Just do it. No, I'm joking. But yeah, I'll tell you what, I came across this. This is great. I follow these. Uh, I follow this page on Instagram 
and it's got all these ways you can like do better with your money sort of thing. Like you can, oh, that's actually on topic of what we're talking about. But yeah, I only came across this this morning. This is funny. And it said, uh, you know, when you, when you store your money, what you need to do is don't fold your money up and don't uh, make sure when you store your money, you store all your money the same way. So they're all facing the same way and you keep it nice and flat in your wallet or purse or whatever so that you're showing respect to your money. So therefore, you know, you respect money, money will respect you and money's going to come back to you in turn because you're manifesting this respectful kind of attitude towards money. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? The last thing that money actually is, is its physical sense of notes and coins. Money is on a screen these days. If you're going to do anything, clean your fucking keyboard, dude. Respecting money. Dude, people read The Secret and they just go too far off the edge with it. Like, yeah, you can manifest things, but you've got to be sensible about it. I mean, in, in a way, manifestation is no different to praying. I mean, if you visualize something in your mind and see it happening before it happens... You're on the path of manifestation, man. If you just start talking nonsense and putting pictures of being a three-legged beast up on your vision board, that's not fucking manifesting. You're just living in dream time. You know what I mean? Ah, it is what it is. It is what it is, isn't it, Louie? Yes. But yeah, so as I mentioned, there's bloody plenty to go, plenty going, plenty going on with Black Ink. I have come to a bit of a crossroads after having a conversation with a friend about the podcast as to how often I should be posting. So... Before I get into it, if you have an idea of how, if you are a regular listener and you have already formed some sort of routine or pattern as to when you listen to this, reach out, let me know, because I'm still stuck between whether I should do Monday, Wednesday, Friday releases or whether I should do Monday to Friday releases, have the weekend off, whether I should release every other day. I'm finding that based off my routine, I'm better off posting Monday to Friday. I'm really keen to get as much possible um, experience and like, uh, well, yeah, experience and like practice in it doing this because I feel like it's not a race to doing a hundred podcasts, but I definitely feel by the time I've done a hundred podcasts, I would feel so much better about the process and talking and getting my ideas down and not being all kind of I f- like I find at the moment, like while I'm really confident how I speak, I do find sometimes in my mind, I, I struggle to like make full points and like get back to where I started and all the rest. So I really just want to hone in the hone in the skill and get good at it. And I think the way of doing that is doing it a bunch. And obviously, if you're doing it, post it, get it out there, let people have their say about it. So I'm going to stick with Monday to Friday. Hey, buddy. I'm going to stick with Monday to Friday for now. But if you have a better idea or if you have a reason why that's not the best option or why that is the best option, tell me. I would love to know. Um, One thing that I did get told is, you know, if you are... Hey, there's two sides of the coin here. I got told that, you know... If you're like ice cream is really good and if you want, you know, even if you have the best ice cream shop in the world, you know, you're never going to have people come every day just because you have the best ice cream in the world. It's one of those things where even if you have the best podcast in the world, people aren't going to want to listen to it every day. But I also say that, man, this shit's on the internet. The reality is the community that you build on the internet is of people who are specifically interested in you. And when you take a physical ice cream shop into account, uh, you know, you're kind of talking about having a, an ice cream shop in a city or a town, which means a community that's accessible to you is within a certain radius, a certain area from that shop. And like the thing with the internet is my radius goes from here, the whole way around the world back to here and everyone in between that radius. So I'm kind of leaning towards, let's just fucking pump the internet with as much possible content as I can with a podcast and we'll see what happens. You know, 
Obviously, the people who want to find it, they'll find it. None of these ad, uh, podcasts are really congruent or have any continuity in them. So you can listen to one and not the other, which, by the way, I was looking at my analytics. I think I've got 45 hours of played time on YouTube at the moment, which is kind of cool. I've been doing this for like nine days or something. So 45, is it 45 hours? Yeah, 45 hours of, of um, playtime on YouTube, which is pretty cool. And most people listen to the first like seven minutes of it and then dip out, which also understand because I can't handle my voice. But uh, the interesting part, uh, what was I going to say? The amount of, fuck, I've done it again. The amount of time I've got on YouTube. <laughs> ah, I forgot. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, no, it's not, but this is something I wanted to bring up. So I, um, that's what I was saying. The fucking analytics on YouTube is really interesting. It's like the first one obviously popped off and I feel like it has some, uh, like you can kind of watch it and get some depth about black ink cause it's the origin story. The interesting part I found though, was like everything track tracks, um, down from the first podcast. It's like X amount of views. Then you take off 20 for the second one, you take off 20 for the third one. Then the fourth one has nothing at all. And then the fifth one picks up again. And then the sixth one that I posted this morning is fucking gone crazy. Like before I even advertised the fact it had 10 views. Now I know 10 views doesn't sound crazy, but it actually is when you release 45 minute videos. You know what I mean? Like it had 10 views in the 12 hours between posting it last night and advertising it this morning. Like what the fuck is going on? I mean, I get it, but my mum surely kind of watched it 10 times already. That's, that's what I'm thinking, <laughs> you know? What I, uh, what I did have in, in a, one idea I did have was uh, I speak a lot about, well, I have spoken a lot about my creative writing. Um, I was thinking about creating a separate playlist to the Black Ink podcast playlist and reading my creative writing and then also having a bit of a, follow up after it. I think these videos would be anywhere between a minute and five minutes long. It'd be a cool little bite. Um, and it would just be fun. I think to, I, I wrote a lot of what I wrote when I was younger with the purpose of like one day it having some sort of depth or meaning. I used to write with the idea that I kind of wrote with the idea that one day I would look, would be reading this looking back on it and it would be a good like bite out of where I was in my life so I could see how I was thinking and how I was like translating what I was thinking into words and also keeping into mind keeping in mind that I was still writing something for an audience and like having that kind of information bite where it's like I I had all like obviously I had my thoughts how I was translating it, and then also keeping in mind the fact that I thought that I would be reading this in the future looking back with some sort of awe or um, interest or kind of intrigue into how I used to be as a kid you know and I say kid uh, you know respectfully you know I was a kid up until I probably still am a kid in my future mind's eye you know yeah, no, I'm definitely still a kid. I'm only 28. But yeah, I think uh, it would be interesting to do it now because there are certain things that I know there are particular... There, There's actually particular uh, creative writing exercises that I did that would scare the fuck out of me to not only put it on the internet, but just to read it in general, just to like read it out loud and like honestly remember that's how I felt. And, you know, like there's a thing like when, when you're... Like I remember when I was writing when I was 14 and 15, like you believe that you understand what emotions and stuff are and you kind of write about them in a way that it's less about how you feel and more about how you think you're meant to feel. 
And I think it's super interesting now, look back on that, uh, not the specific writing, but the kind of stage of my life that I was in and the reason I was writing. And I look at it with some sort of like angst and cringe, I guess. It's like, oh, dude, you thought... You thought you had an interesting story, but in fact, it was just like a few interesting things that were going on, interesting to you, and you could kind of relate them to a movie that you saw or an interesting scene that you liked, and then you kind of punched up what it was. And, but again, like playing devil's advocate to my own idea, I feel like uh, without sounding pretentious or cocky, I do have some sort of feeling within me that for, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, my life is going to be interesting. Like, it's not going to be a, you know, I went to school, I got a job, I worked that job, then I died, you know? I've always felt like the story is going to be pretty, it's going to be something that you can sit around at the end of your life at a bar and talk to a stranger over a cigarette and tell him what the, you know, oh, then I did this and I did that, and they're sitting there going like, the fuck, you did? Um, and... I think I kind of validate those early writing pieces because somewhere in my mind, even as a teenager and a young man, I kind of felt like this is important, not because it's interesting right now, but because this is the first chapter of a really long, interesting novel that's going to be your life. And therefore, documenting it isn't such a bad thing. And in a certain way, I even feel that with these podcasts now. I'm not recording them for the right now. I'm recording them so that when this is something, when this is the thing that I see in my head in the future, these are going to be super interesting because this is when I was humble. This is when I had to be humble. You know, so it's like, and also I'm probably talking now with absolutely no guard, guard up compared to what I'll have to talk with in the future, if that makes sense. So... I'm leaning into into reading some of these writings and kind of reflecting on them and, you know, talking about where I was when I wrote them, I think, you know, how I think I was feeling when I wrote them and then how I feel about them now and if things have changed and yeah, I think that'll be kind of an interesting little an interesting little exercise to do and also to sharpen the sort of of talking on camera. So, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, I definitely um I've got I've got all of my writing. I probably have I like I wrote a page a day for collectively probably like five or six years and then you've got stuff spread out in there you know things that I wrote when I was fucking out of my mind on whatever substance it was not saying it was illegal or illegal I was just not in my full conscious being state of mind but and super interesting reads but at the same time also fucking pointless to read because you just like you know obviously I was I feel like when you write inebriated, even if it's just like a little bit, you know, whether you had some some drink or whatever, I feel like you almost, you, you turn into like a fantasy writer, you know, you punch up whatever, whatever emotion it is or whatever kind of feeling that you're going for and it, sometimes you read it back and you're just like, all right, dude, you could, you could have said that sentence with 50% of the words that you used, you know? So it's hard sometimes when you read stuff from when you're inebriated because then you don't know if you, if it's a really honest version of what you're trying to say or whether it's just someone who's, you know, calling for attention in a weird way or whether it's a version of you that is like trying to be something that you're not, whatever it might be. But yeah, also just want to say um, I've had this like argument with myself lately as far as like support and supporters go because I feel like the, the people who have nothing to gain by supporting me, that do support me, in a way I almost don't understand. There are some people that are so, they're so psyched on the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing 
whatever that is to you, you know, whether it's the podcast, whether it's making shirts or making NFTs or, you know, helping other people out with their print ideas or making people's websites or just being more social and getting to, to functions and, and things like that. I find that the people who support me that are just like, fuck yeah, you're doing something, you know, you're like, I'm just about you doing something. And they support me. It's fucking almost, it's heartwarming. You know, it makes you want to cry when they give you these really nice words as if like, you know, like they're paying attention. They see you doing something and, and they reach out. The part that I don't get is like, I have a strong belief of myself. And this actually goes into a few different areas. I have a strong belief of myself that, you know, the, the easiest way to, to summarize what I'm going to say next is karma. You know, you put out good things and good things are going to come back to you. You know, if you're having a bad day, the fucking best thing you can do is try and make someone else's day better. Don't worry about your day. Your day's fucked. Just make it your goal now if you're having a bad time in the task that you have to do whatever whatever you've got to do for the rest of the day. And this can be as simple as writing a message to someone and just checking in. Hey, what's going on? How are you? You all good? Da, da, da. I believe that if you put good stuff out there, good stuff will come back to you. And the thing that I find really bizarre is the people that are doing what I'm doing in their own you know, uh, in their own space, you know, creators or entrepreneurs or small business owners or whatever that don't give it back. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Like I, I have, I have a few friends that, that are doing their own thing and I'm, you know, like I reach out all the time. I, I honestly reach out all the time and say, Hey, this is great. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Sending some love. You like and save all their shit on Instagram. You share their shit on occasion. You do whatever it is. And then like, you don't even get a thanks for it. And like, I'm not doing it for the thanks, but it's like when I've done it three times and you haven't said thank you once, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I'm not saying that when I get big and, you know, and I've got a million followers and all the rest, I'm going to remember who didn't support me. But I am saying that. I'm definitely saying that because right now I have a thousand followers. I have 1162 followers, not that I'm counting, but I'm not always going to have 1100 followers. I guarantee you. And when I've got more followers than you, and I could have fucking kept on showing you the love like I did at the start, I'm not going to. Because they took the high road and they fucking stayed there. They fucking stayed there. So instead of helping them when I get up to their level and surpass them, I'm going to find the cunts who are doing what I'm doing now with a thousand followers and boost them up. You know something Troy, uh, I think his name's Troy Williams. I only know him as uh, Troy Candy. He's got like 160,000 followers. He replies to everything I send him. I send him a DM and he replies. I comment something on his Instagram and he replies. Now, without naming any names, I've got another... I thought I had another role model here in um, WA who's got a, a sizable amount of followers. I'd say probably just over a third of what Troy has. I've sent him a couple DMs and I've um, you know followed him for a while and I like and comment his stuff. And just like, if he knows who I am, he's not making it obvious. You know what I mean? Like... I feel like in that space, and I might be wrong. Like the thing that I, the thing that I don't have on my side is an experience in business. All I've had is a coffee van for a little bit. I've never really understood fame or popularity or, or anything because I haven't had to. I don't have that right now. But the thing that I don't seem to understand is like, if I had been in business for ten years, and I saw someone who's in business for ten minutes, and they're giving it a hot shot. And when I say a hot shot, I mean, they're doing all the things that you need to do. You're making it very fucking evident that you're putting in the man hours, that you're putting in the effort, that you're researching, that you, whatever, you know, whatever it is, just show that you're fucking serious. Dude, you're on the list. You're on the Christmas card list. 
if I've got a little bit something spare, I want to give it to you because I know you're going to do something with it. I know you, you're you not going to be a customer, but fuck man, give you two years, you could be a business partner in some, some sort. Like I don't understand that. When, like, when I look at uh, people in general, like in no way is this a derogatory thing, but this is how I, this is how I operate to a certain extent. When it comes to people around me, there is a very clear classification that goes two ways. There are civilians and business owners, right? Now civilians, the type of conversation that I have with my friends that just have jobs and rah-rah, which is 99% of people, 99.5% of people, those people, the conversation is totally fucking different to these people over here, right? These people over here are talking about other people, they're talking about things that they did, they're talking about things that they wanna buy, they're talking about things they have bought, things they're looking forward to in the future, where these people over here are talking about ideas, they're talking about life, they're talking about who they are as a character, what they're doing to get better as a character, they're asking you questions to figure shit out. And the part that blows my mind is when I'm around these people, especially the ones who are miles ahead of me, they give me half an hour and I take 45 minutes. Because I know that I'm around pure fucking gold. I'm around platinum. I can't help but be enamored by their presence because I know that they're doing what I'm doing and I've been doing it for longer. And the part that I don't understand is when I'm around these people, the good ones, they're excited to be around me. I feel like they see a part of themselves in me. Someone who's fucking angry that they're not moving quick enough. Someone who's excited that they're moving quick at the same time. It's something real. Someone who has this drive to go and and I'm not saying this about myself, I'm saying this about a younger version of them, someone who saw potential in something and then put their balls on their line and just fucking chased after it. They chased after it. They didn't care about what was going on around them because they had this thing in front of them. And the part that gets me is, when I, when I send you a DM saying, hey man, I fucking love what you do. If there's anything I can do for you, you let me know for free. And like, they don't even see it. Hey, motherfucker, you know, I've got an account. I want to, I don't want to talk about it here. I've got an account that's got a sizable following on it and I get way more DMs than you do every day. And you know what? I see every single one of them, every single one of them. And I have my requests fill up and there's dozens and dozens and dozens in there and I see every single one of them. So if you think, if you think that I think you're too busy or you have too many requests or you have too many DMs, you can go and fuck yourself because I know that's not the case. And dude, I get it. With business, you're busy. You're that busy you don't see three or four messages? What the fuck's going on? You're so busy that you don't see my message in a group of like 40, uh, you don't see my comment when there's like 40 or 50 comments? Dude, fuck you. Fuck you. Troy's got time for me. Troy definitely has time for me. So when the day comes and I've got 100, 200, 300,000 followers and I've got the turnover and everything that I'm aiming for and then he wants to do something with me, of course. Of course. But hey, it is what it is. You're probably busy. What the fuck do I know? By the way, they didn't put the sugar in the coffee. And it's all good because the lady at McDonald's is really nice. She's really nice. But definitely remember the sugar next time. Oh, and they took down my stickers. I've got this. <laughs> so I got a heap of stickers made. Obviously, a lot of people know about my stickers because I send them out like the bloody world relies on it. But um, I got this sticker... You know the Macca's drive-thru, I like got I got a sticker up just like there. So if you're looking at the lady who gives you the coffee just below her, there's a sticker just here. They bloody got it. So I put up another one and they got that as well. But I put up another one this morning, which I reckon might last, and it's in a really good spot as well. But look, it's real simple. I'm gonna put as many stickers as I can up in as many places as I can until my car gets signed written 
at which case I'll probably still keep doing it. And by the way, just as a disclaimer, I don't put these stickers up. People who get the stickers off me put them up and I don't know who those people are. So look, I don't like the idea of graffiti and all the rest. You know, I, I get that side of it, but hey, your boy's trying to make it. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, but yeah, Merchants of Death. I just, I can't fucking, it doesn't sit right that there's people out there that, and look, I've, I, I want to play devil's advocate to all of my ideas because that's what you have to do as a sensible person. And I want to I want to say that most of the people that this person finds or these people that do this particular job of finding people finance for their first house, look, dude, you are probably you are probably finding people who, you know, no, what the fuck? When your marketing campaign literally says that like you don't have to have a certain amount of deposit or you don't have to have like you know it's cheaper than renting and you're going for all of those tactics, it's like man, if that's what you're focusing on, it's impure. It's impure. You know that people aren't going to last in that situation. You are the merchant of death in that you are not killing people, but you are bringing them so much closer to being in a situation that they don't only not want to be in, but they're going to be in for a long fucking time. Long time. Crazy. Crazy. All good. All good. But yeah, look, what else we got going on? It's a bloody magic Monday at the moment. I will admit, these are... I've already spoken about it a bit. These podcasts get posted in a kind of weird fashion. I do want to get to a point where I'm recording one day, posting the next day, and that way they're kind of current. Otherwise, I'm going to find myself talking about things that aren't really, you know, current. So, yeah, that is what that is. Um, look, I actually haven't got much else to uh, that's coming off the top of my head right now, so I might just wrap it up there. Um, do me a favor. Just jump on Facebook and share this for me. Uh, give me a like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening to this on a streaming service, reach out. Tell me where you're listening to it. Let me know how the experience was. If there is any constructive criticism that anyone has for me, please tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I would love to get better. That's a whole name of the game. Also, make sure you keep posted about these uh, these motocross jerseys and the hockey jersey. Just so you know, I haven't made it very clear on Instagram, but I'll be releasing these on the same day. I'm going to have super limited numbers. Now, to give you an idea, when I wasn't at all popular six years ago, I made 10 of the hockey jersey and I didn't advertise it and they just sold to mates because like they're just a, such a fucking cool thing that no one else seems to be doing and they look dope as fuck. Sorry, I keep on looking beyond the camera because they're beyond the camera. Um, but they're such a cool looking jersey that I feel like it's just a, it's an easy choice, you know? So... Uh, I don't want to, yeah, I'll say it. Look, I'm, I think I'm going to make 20 of each um, for two reasons. 20 is an amount that I feel I can confidently sell. I don't want to hold dead stock. And also 20 is, amount, is the amount that I can afford. Um, on a side note of, of what I can afford. So I, uh, this is funny. I bought a steamer, uh, you know, because obviously as all of my shirts come in, it's not essential. As all of my stock come in, I uh, comes in, I steam them. Um, and that's mainly because, so what black ink I feel is to me for the customer is less about the product and more about the experience of being involved with black ink. I'm trying to build a community. I'm trying to build like almost a, a club of people who all wear cool clothes, uh, the clothes that I create, but I put more emphasis on like, obviously the, the garment itself has to be great. The print itself has to be great. The design has to be great. 
But once you've got that sorted, there's not much more you can hone in on and get that right without changing the whole process severely. And obviously I do what I can with the money that I have at the moment, right? So let's put all that to one side. The thing that I really do offer is the process you get between ordering it, receiving it, and opening it up for the first time. I just love the idea of it being like a Christmas present. You know, like a Christmas present, it has the same qualities in that. A Christmas present, you watch it under the tree for like one, two, or three weeks before Christmas Day, and then that day comes and you get to open it up, and you kind of get to choose like which angle you open it from, and then you have that moment that you see it for the first time, you realize what it is, and it's beautiful. And the thing about ordering something from... You know, ordering something online is obviously you have that moment between like, right, it's ordered. I know what it is, but I have a time now between now and when I get it and I get to open it, right? And, you know, anyone who's anyone that's ordered something on the internet knows that there's nothing better than opening that thing you ordered on the internet. You have no idea what it's actually going to be like in reality. You just know that you ordered this idea at that point off the internet that is now in front of you. And I think... The, the part that I wanted to really hone in on is let's make the experience of receiving and opening it as fucking cool as we can. I want to make it exciting, you know? And there's uh, other, um, other e-commerce businesses that I have heard of and have experienced with their process where it's like super cool and on the other end, it's super shit. You know, there are people doing it really well and there are other people that quite obviously, this box got packed in China and then got put into some sort of bag and then that bag got wrapped up and it's got half Chinese label on it and then got given to DHL, DHL, and then it got here and now I'm opening it and it smells like China. It smells like China, you know? I don't, I want the opposite of that. And then when I focus on the ones who made really cool experiences for their customers where they would open it and they would, you know, it would smell like something nice and it would be a handwritten note, whatever it might be. You know, I considered like, I'm now in a position where I have complete control over that process for my customers and I want it to be fucking seamless. I want it to be beautiful. And obviously, it's not that essential to steam every shirt before it goes out because you're getting it folded and then it's going to be folded again and then put into a bag and then thrown around and all the rest but what i did realize if i steam every shirt obviously the folds that it gets when i put it in the bag are my folds so you don't get a shirt out that's folded each and every way from fucking tuesday and you have to then at least iron it or steam it yourself so if i steam it it meant that when you got it out of the bag sure it'll have some folds on it but i make sure none of the folds are in that that chest area which means you can probably chuck it on straight away in an hour or so all those creases that are only there from the past maybe you know two three four days they're out and steaming it also allowed me to like pull up any like imperfections or stitching problems or anything that i might find in the garment itself and allow me to like make sure that nothing goes out to the customer that hasn't been looked over at least briefly by me so what i did Right when I started all this back up, I went to Kmart and I got their bloody, I'm not going to say premium steamer. It cost me 40 bucks. It probably is their premium steamer, which is like a, it's like a, a base with the water goes in it. And then it's got a big pole and then it comes to like a T intersection and then you hang all your shit off the T and then you use a hose that comes up from the base and then you steam all the stuff. Now, I don't know if anyone has this particular Kmart one, but mine was fucking useless from the first day and like now i've since got another steamer we'll get into that i realized that it was way underperforming so anyway i end up like because it would do this thing where it would steam fine for like a minute and then it would die right down for 20 or 30 seconds and if you tap the thing that the water's in then it would pick back up again as if there was some sort of problem with a little valve or something 
Anyway, I end up fucking one day I've lost my temper and just absolutely right hook from nowhere and destroyed the water tank that holds all the shit and then the water went everywhere. So now I'm left essentially with a fucking pretty complicated clothes stand, you know, because obviously I still hang all the stuff on it. The the arm that has the bloody, the, the, st- the steam arm on it, it just lays on the ground. It's fucked. I'll probably cut that off. And then, you know, still has a power cord that goes to nowhere as well. So it is just a really complicated clothes rack. So... I've, uh, obviously when you're running, well, not when you're running, when the, the situation that I'm, I'm in with my small business, um, costs are, uh, are down to essential costs, right? The one thing that I buy every day that is not essential and not even every day, it's only on days where you're like, oh fuck, I guess I can do it is this It's $5 and $5 is the most amount of money that I have for something that isn't absolutely essential for my business, right? So I've needed a, a clothes rack for the longest amount of time purely because just recording things to go on Instagram and that, it looks so like the amount of angles and shit you have to understand about where you can shoot around this shitty clothes rack that I've got because it's actually just a steamer, it's a steamer stand, you know, is bizarre. I just need something that is a clothes rack, you know, and the fact that this thing only goes up to like here, which means that I have to kneel on the ground on my knees with the steamer to steam stuff. Because if I stand up, I hunch over because I'm fucking nine foot tall and I get a sore back within two garments. And when you've got like 15 or 20 to get through, it's a bloody nightmare. By the end of it, you're angry. You, oh, it's, it's crazy, right? So it's roadside pickup in my area right now. And my dad calls me up while I'm getting my coffee. I'm driving around, da, da, da. And I don't want to go home because if I go home, then I'm going to be in the wind and rah, rah, rah. So I keep driving around. I drive around and I see this uh, clothes rack on the side of the road. And uh, I literally like white noise. Couldn't hear what dad was saying while I'm on the phone because I was like, this is bizarre. I was going to go into Facebook Marketplace today and do the quick search, see if there's any for like 15 bucks or something laying around. I can scratch some coins together and go pick it up and buy it. And man... This thing like brought a fucking tear to my eye, this clothes rack that I saw. And like, look, it's one of the poxy ones that you get from wherever. It's got the little, you know, office chair wheels on the bottom. And it's, when you look at it from the side, it's a little bit bloody, needs to be twisted up like this. It's a bit, it's a bit skewered and all the rest, but you know what it is? It's a clothes rack. Your boy's got a clothes rack. Hey, I might have 1100 followers, but I've got a fucking clothes rack as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> so today's been a good day so far. This is the first podcast that I've recorded in the morning as well. And I'm bloody firing on all cylindricals. This is great. I'm probably going to record podcasts in the morning more often. Anyway, I uh, I do, I do, I'm working on a cool little partnership at the moment. I wouldn't call it a partnership. It's just like, it's just people helping people as well. So I'm super excited to tell you about what's going on there in the future. I hate talking about things before they're happening. So I'm not going to say who it is, what it's doing, what it's for, rah, rah, rah. but just watch this space because it's got something cool happening. So... Yeah. Anyway, I hope you have a lovely day. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Do all the shit to help me out or don't do the shit. Just keep watching. Be good to your mum and I'll talk to you soon. Yo!